Roster Watch Trash Man here. It's week nine still, about to go into week 10. And this is the fantasy fallout from this weekend's games. Let's start with the first game. Actually, it wasn't on the weekend, it was on Thursday, Friday, Junior. The Raiders at the 49ers. Raiders lost this one 3 34. Shrewd move by the Raiders to completely tank in week nine just to lull your week 10 opponent into complacency. In all actuality, is there really a worse offense in the NFL right now? I don't think so. Doug Martin held his own, I suppose, with 12 touches and 69 yards, but even Jalen Richard couldn't get much going. Only four reception for 45 yards, and he led the Raiders in receiving. It only made sense that someone would step into the vacuum left by Amari Cooper since going to the Cowboys, but that hasn't happened in the two games since he left. The receiving core looks decent on paper, but paper tigers are harmless. They got a few extra days to prepare for the Chargers, but I'm staying away from all Raiders pass catchers until further notice. On the other side of the ball, undrafted free agent quarterback Nick Mullins came out of nowhere. He comes out of nowhere when even the trash man doesn't know about him and made the Raiders defense look like, well, the Raiders defense. Throwing for 262 yards and three touchdowns. If you saw that coming, we have a meagerly paying but character-strengthening positioning position for you here at Roster Watch. Mons will probably get the start again this week against the middling Giants defense, so he's not a bad streamer for those in dire circumstances. Raheem Mostert broke his arm on Thursday night, likely ending his 2018 season. It's a shame as he was showing flashes of lead-back talent. Matt Breida is dealing with nagging injuries himself, so Alfred Morris, Morris actually, makes for a reasonable flex at home against the Giants this week. Marquise Goodwin now has only one game over 55 yards this season, not including this one. He's droppable in most formats, but he does have the Giants and the Bucks over his next two games, so maybe there's some DFS usage still in him. On to the next game. Bears at Bills. Bears won this one 41-7. Looking at the Bears stats, you're left wondering where all the points came from. You know, nobody really popped off. The offense is playing better on the whole, but their defense has had some monsters this season too, like in this week where they scored twice. Chicago rode Jordan Howard to the victory, and it paid off with two touchdowns. Anthony Miller has overtaken Taylor Gabriel in this Bears offense as far as I'm concerned. I would be surprised if Allen Robinson sits again this week, but Miller makes for a high upside flex even if he doesn't. On the other side of the ball, someone, and it's not Albert Einstein, said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. I teach psychology at the collegiate level, so I can't advocate for this definition in good conscience, but I'll use it in the case of the Bills. They keep putting Nathan Peterman on the field, expecting him to flourish in some way or another, but we've already seen everything we need to from this guy. 189 yards, three interceptions in this one. You can't play any Bills skill players these days, but you can stream otherwise mediocre defenses against them with confidence. 
Moving on to the next game, the Buccaneers at the Panthers. Buccaneers lost this one 28-42. Started to make it a game. Apparently, it's not only the fantasy prognosticators, other than myself, who can't see Adam Humphreys coming. I told you guys he's sneaky productive. And he boomed big in Week 9 with an 8 reception, 82-yard, 2-touchdown line. He's top 75 yards in three of his last four games, and he needs to be owned in PPR leagues. Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play great, but he did throw four touchdowns to two interceptions, and it will keep Jameis Winston from seeing the field for at least another week. The Bucs face a Washington team in Week 10 that just got dusted by the Falcons' aerial attack, so Fitzpatrick makes for a major boom or bust option. Peyton Barber, 13 touches, 40 yards, turned back into a pumpkin in Week 9 after escorting us to the ball in Week 8. He tweaked his ankle late in the game, so that should give you a good enough reason not to trust him in Week 10 if his already disappointing performances aren't enough. On the other side of the ball, raise your hand if you were expecting a DJ Moore breakout in Week 9. Don't worry, my hand is raised too. On an offense where targets for players outside of Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson don't come easy, Curtis Samuel is eating into too much of Moore's looks to depend on Moore right now. The Panthers do face Pittsburgh's weak secondary in Week 10, so I think both Samuel and Moore are dart throw DFS plays this week. On to the next game, the Chiefs at the Browns. Chiefs won this one 37-21. Nothing really new going on with the Chiefs, except for Spencer Ware, who's had 80-plus yards in two of his last three games, sneakily. He also had a goose egg in that game in between, so he's as unreliable as they come. That being said, he's someone to monitor in deep leagues and someone to to shake up DFS tournament lineups with. On the other side of the ball, new coach in Cleveland, Maybe that means renewed interest in Duke Johnson, who had 10 touches and 86 yards and two touchdowns. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come for the underutilized Johnson, or at least this season underutilized, who needs to be added this week as the Browns face an Atlanta defense that is worst in the league at defending running backs out of the backfield. Pick him up if he's been dropped, which he likely has, unless it's a deep league. Do you want more of the Roster Watch podcast? Well, now you can have it. The Roster Watch Pro podcast is now available for pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. All you have to do is sign up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. You'll get access to all pro podcasts as well as our tools for fantasy draft season like the epic and magical mystical cheat sheets, in-season tools like the matchup tool, snap counts, touches, targets, touchdown dependency, so much more. And then our DFS products including the DFS cheat sheets for DraftKings and FanDuel, the Vegas tool, the Hyper DFS Professional Lineup Optimizer, and so much more. If you play preseason DFS, Roster Watch Pro is for you. We'll have weekly previews of the main slates for all of our pro members mixed in with exclusive content from the 2018 Training Camp Tour. And then in season, you're going to be able to enjoy Byron Lambert's legendary trade cast, uh, the Waiver Wire podcast, uh, premium podcasts like our weekly DFS breakdown. All this, all our tools, and all the access to us that you can imagine for the lowest price in the industry. We are a nation join us at rosterwatch.com on to the next game the falcons at the redskins falcons won this one 38 to 17 the bye week did well for calvin ridley as he broke out of his three-game slump on sunday 
with 77 yards and a touchdown. He's worth firing up again against Cleveland in Week 10. Ito Smith, 64 yards, one touchdown, is hovering just under double-digit touches over his last three games, but his propensity for the end zone makes him a viable flex in most weeks, including Week 10. I usually don't touch on the major players that you're going to start regardless of the situation, but I have to laugh at the fact that the one week Vegas gave Julio Jones unfavorable touchdown odds is the one week he actually scores. I love it. There is justice in the world. On the other side of the ball, we know Alex Smith likes to fixate on short-range targets, so it doesn't come as a huge surprise that he found one in current slot receiver Maurice Harris who had 10 receptions, 124 yards, and a game where the Skins trailed most of the time. There's little to no guarantee, he repeats the trend in Week 10, but Washington faces Tampa Bay, so it's not a bad wager to make, especially since Paul Richardson is gone. He has to have surgery. Vernon Davis, 5 receptions, 62 yards, has been up and down for most of the season, But the matchup with Tampa this week makes him, I think, a decent streaming option. Jordan Reed hasn't been doing too much. Moving on to the next game, the Jets at the Dolphins. Jets lost this one 6-13. Sam Darnold has taken a step or two back in recent weeks, throwing seven interceptions over his last three games. He's targeting his wide receivers, but only seems to be able to hit his tight ends and running backs. The Bills' defense makes for a comfy play in Week 10 against the Jets. Elijah McGuire, 10 touches, 67 yards, saw his first action of the season and flourished about as much as a Jets skilled player can flourish these days. Expect him to stay heavily involved against the Bills. Tight end Chris Herndon led the Jets in receiving, even with Quincy Nunwin and Robert Anderson on the field. Robbie Anderson, excuse me. It's like my dad. His name's Bobby, not Robert Robbie, not Robert Anderson. Well, maybe it is Robert. But what I'm saying is my dad's name is not Robert. It's Bobby. Anyways, four receptions, 62 yards for Herndon. He didn't get the touchdown that we're used to seeing, but he was highly efficient. Keep him in lineups if you've been using him. On the other side of the ball, Frank Gore had 21 touches, 59 yards. He surpassed Barry Sanders on the yards from scrimmage list in week nine. It's hard to say whether his 20 carries were part of a strategy to keep the ball away from the Jets or that the team was just trying to get him past Sanders. Either way, Kenyon Drake suffered for it only seven touches and 35 yards. Miami faces Green Bay next week, or this week rather, and this approach won't cut it against Dan Rodgers and company, so look for Drake to bounce back. A week after going bananas, Devontae Parker faded back into fantasy obscurity. Just like that, one reception for eight yards. He was more involved than his stat line gives him credit for, but the return is Kenny still to the lineup, and the reality of having to rely on Brock Osweiler makes him more likely to bust than boom. He could get some deep looks against Green Bay, but I'm not looking at him outside of big DFS tournaments. On to the next game, the Lions at the Vikings. Lions lost this one 9-24. The no-golden-tate look on the Lions is not a good one. Theo Riddick did his best impression, 
Seven receptions, 36 yards, but the offense definitely missed Tate's presence. Hopefully this was, this was just an off game, but things don't look good for Detroit going into Chicago this week. On the other side of the ball, Dalvin Cook hopped in and out-touched and out-gained Latavius Murray. 14 touches to 11 touches, 109 yards to 49 yards. Murray saved his day with a touchdown, but this is probably his ceiling from here on out. Cook gets a chance to rest up for week 11. They get the bye this week, and it'll help you coast into the playoffs. No one really stepped up in Stephen Diggs' absence, though Laquan Treadwell did lead the Vikings in receiving yards. He had 37. Diggs should return to the lineup after the break, so there really isn't much to see here. On to the next game. The Steelers at the Ravens. Steelers won this one 23-16. There's still no sign that Le'Veon Bell will return for the Steelers for the Thursday night matchup against the Panthers. Keep firing up James Connors if he's still the lead back in Pittsburgh. He is. On the other side of the ball, the Ravens are broken offensively. And Lamar Jackson may need to come in after the bye week to fix it. Joe Flacco hasn't been terrible, but he isn't doing enough to put his team over the top. John Brown had only three receptions for 15 yards and had a second straight clunker. Michael Crabtree, three receptions for 32 yards. They're both getting targeted, but they can't seem to make anything of it. On to the next game. Chargers at the Seahawks. Chargers won this one 25-17. Tyrell Williams, or Tyrell Williams, Two receptions, 23 yards, one touchdown. He just keeps on scoring, folks. He didn't get the yardage we come to expect of the last several games, but he remains a focal point of the Chargers' red zone offense. I'm comfortable starting him against Oakland in Week 10. Austin Eckler hasn't been the standalone player we were hoping for, at least as of late, but he could see considerable action this week against the Raiders in what is likely to be a blowout. On the other side of the ball, Chris Carson left the game during the first drive of the second half on Sunday after accruing 40 yards on eight carries. Mike Davis took over as the lead in his absence and performed well with 107 yards on 22 touches. Seattle faces the high-flying Rams this week, but Davis should remain involved as his team continues to use the run, even as they trailed the Chargers on Sunday. On to the next game, the Texans at the Broncos. Texans won this one 19-17. Alfred Blue outtouched Lamar Miller 15-14 in this one after coach Bill O'Brien talked about scaling back Miller's workload during the week. This would be more alarming if Deontay Foreman had been activated on Monday. It seems unlikely that he will be activated this week. The Texans get to buy, so things should be clear next Monday. As things stand right now, I'm not making a move on Blue. He's not a sexy play against the normally stout Redskins front in Week 11. Deshaun Watson didn't replace Will Fuller with another receiver so much as he just fixated on DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins even more than usual. Hopkins led the Texans with 12 targets. The closest pass catcher had just three targets on the day, so there wasn't even a competition. Two players got three targets, Demarius Thomas and Jordan Akins. Thomas amassed 61 yards on those three catches. Thomas' ceiling probably hasn't gotten much higher since the move to Houston, but his floor should improve significantly. 
on the other side of the ball. It's tight end Jeff Harmon, who had 10 receptions, 83 yards, one touchdown. The new Demarius Thomas in Denver? Probably not. But he could see a bump in Thomas's absence. I'm still not dropping Cortland Sutton, who had 57 yards on three catches. As Hireman doesn't project to have target share like this on a weekly basis. On to the next game, Rams at the Saints. Rams being handed their first loss of the season, 35-45. Nothing new with the Rams. Cooper Cup returned from injury to put up 89 yards and a touchdown. Didn't have a setback, so things are as usual. On the other side of the ball, tight end Ben Watson has scored in two of the Saints' last three games. With the offense firing on all cylinders, he's not a bad streamer in a good matchup with the Bengals this week. Mark Ingram, who had 10 touches, 33 yards, isn't a must-start right now. His welcome-back game in Week 5 was exactly that, a welcome-back the Saints realize that Alvin Kamara is just as much an asset on the goal line as Ingram is. On to the next game, the Sunday night game, Packers at Patriots. Packers lost this one 17-31. Marquez Valdez-Scantling needs to be owned in all formats. He had three receptions, 101 yards. There's no reason I should have had to put them put him in the garbage grab for week nine. He should have been owned enough for me to not have to do that. Hopefully he will be this week. On the other side of the ball, Sony Michelle couldn't get activated after pregame warm-ups on Sunday. The fact that he was a consideration to play right up until then boosts his chances of returning in week 10. Cordell Patterson led the Pats' backfield on Sunday night with 12 touches, 68 yards, and a touchdown after James White injured his leg. White returned, but Patterson stayed heavily involved. He could see a flex-worthy role even if Michelle returns in Week 10, which is likely as the Pats try to mitigate the loss of Rob Gronkowski from the starting lineup. Or starting roster. I don't know. Saying lineup seems weird to me. It's not baseball, but it works. Finally, Josh Gordon, the Black Anaconda, 130 yards, one touchdown, tied Julian Edelman for the lead with 10 targets against the Packers. His big playability now makes him the primary receiver to own and start for the Patriots, just as we always knew would be the case. Anyways, that's the follow-up for Week 9 going into Week 10. This is the Trash Man. Love your roster watch nation. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>